Hello, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabolsi. I am joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan. Jim Donnan is the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach and the reason you're all tuned in. And we appreciate him doing this with us every week. It means a lot to us. And we're going to go straight to him. We have a ton of questions from the dog vent that we want, want to get coaches' thoughts on. Uh, if you are on UGA Sports right now, go ahead and get your uh, question into that thread because we always go to our customers first. And then we go to the uh, comments section on YouTube and Facebook if you have a question there. So if you're not a member of UGA Sports, but you still want your question answered, uh, ask it in the comment section on, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, and we will try to get to it. So last week we did a show of entire, entirely of questions. It was great. I know we have a lot of them uh, this week, but uh, first and foremost, I want to get Coach's thoughts on the UAB game. Uh, it was Georgia wins handily, puts in uh, second, third team. They gave up some touchdowns, but they were just – we, it's, it's a recurring theme, Coach, each week. We kind of talk about uh, that kind of discontentment, that kind of just uh, – it's worry. It's, it's what it is. It's worry. It's like if, if everything doesn't go perfectly, fans are worried that whatever didn't work might come back to bite them in the butt later on. And I get it because, you know, it's it's hard to win a championship. So I guess there's a little bit of worry. But I took the takeaways for me from the game, I felt a hell of a lot better about Georgia's chances and Georgia's future after watching this last game. But give me your take. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, when you when you look at the grand scheme of things as a coach, you, you try to assess your uh, the things that, get, that are going good and the things that aren't. But uh, overall, uh, considering what we haven't been able to utilize player-wise, yeah. uh, I, I feel good about where we are. Uh, I feel good about getting so many younger guys in the games early. I mean, you look at these uh, – hit charts on how many plays our guys are playing. We got some starters that are playing 30 plays. I mean, uh, you know, so they ought to be fresh. Uh, we got some others that are playing more, that's for sure, maybe on offense, particularly O-line. But uh, the the overview for me is, you know, when you go six straight possessions and score, score you're doing a lot of good things, even if you're playing against the, the air. It's hard to do that. So uh, offensively, uh the running game starting to come around now that Edwards is back, and we'll see how uh, things will get even better when we get McConkey, because he's he's that kind of guy that makes things happen and sets up so much. But I would say defensively, uh, you're always going to have issues when the ball's in the air. I mean, teams know how to throw and catch it. I mean, you got a pro quarterback coaching that team; they know what to how to run routes. And uh, without Bullard back there, we're not as uh, fluid in the secondary. But, uh, you know, I can ramble on, but we'll get some questions. But 38-1, and one, I mean, good Lord, that's what our record is the last 39 games. So uh, we can worry about what might happen. But looking at our schedule, I mean, I, I just feel like we're, we're going to get a lot better. I don't know if these other teams we're playing are going to because we're going to get so many guys back. That's a really good point. Uh, in my column last week, I mentioned, you know, that I think Georgia has eight preseason all SEC guys, and you're missing like five of them. Uh, we got 11. We got 11. Oh, oh, yeah. I was just thinking like first team. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, it's okay. No, but you're right. That's, and uh, the fact that you've had to convert a uh, wide receiver to running back, you got to walk on catching passes, uh, you know, and we're running it out of the running back. And that's not a shot against Cash Jones, just saying that. You know, you have five scholarship running backs and only, what, two of them are healthy. And one of, them, one of those healthy guys is coming off an ACL tear from last year. 
uh, you're you're thin there. Your wide receiver core is not what it should, what it could be without Lad in there. Uh, you, you mentioned the secondary. Point is, I, I think uh, Kirby was adamant yesterday. Says we want to be elite at getting better. And a lot of people kind of go, oh, Lance, coach, it sounds like a philosophy. It sounds like something to put on a T-shirt. But if you break it down and say, let's let's take the man at his word. What does he want to be good at? He wants to be good at really getting better. And we've asked him numerous times, assess the season. Through two games, we're like, how, how are you doing? You know, through three games, how are you doing, coach? Through four games, how are you doing, coach? Hell, I asked him that yesterday. Uh, and he's like, you know, we, we're so far from where we could be because each – to get, you know, his, his quarterback's new. His left tackle's new. So I think you're right about that. If you get those guys back, I don't know of other teams that are missing so many players. or, or They could be missing players, but, Coach, you pointed out last week that not some of these teams don't even have an all-SEC guy. Georgia could be getting back five big, you know, quality contributors. So I, th- I think the future is bright, even as the schedule gets tougher. Yeah, I, I mean, just think you can keep – we can keep rehashing all this stuff, and as you refer to it, a lot of people. So I'm sure you, these are people are telling you what they think. But uh, it, it's just, uh, I, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse because okay, we can move on. If you don't want to look back, that's fine. But no, I'm just saying. I'm talking about me personally. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you'd have told me the guys that we weren't going to play with back in August when I saw our team practice i would say we're going to have some trouble but uh, we were in trouble a little bit against south carolina but uh, uh I, I just if you analyze it and look at it uh our kicking game it should be you know we had a couple of fumbles sure but those are going to happen but our kicking game is going to give us an edge probably in most games when you add the return yardage and the coverage and everything kickers still got to prove he can kick a clutch kick in a tough situation but that's going to help you and defensively uh, if we are missing a little bit we're going to be in an advantage because we're going to be ahead most of the time and we can play nickel and dime stuff and not have to stop the run and the pass it i mean it's pretty easy to realize that a team has ability when they can go either or to attack you but when we got somebody behind the sticks, they're in some serious issue with our pass rush. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Dane. Go ahead, jump in. Yeah, you're, I think it's just interesting that for in, in this line of work for three weeks, it's been Bobo Beck and whatever comes of that. Get it to 19 and it all goes away. That's the job. Distribute to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, you definitely can see what he can do. And they, it was a little hampered there couple weeks and they were protecting him but he he's a a real threat and uh you you see guys like arian smith catch one or two balls and you you see what his potential is and and everybody at wide receiver shows glimpses of uh being really good so uh i'm, I'm anxious to see uh how we're going to react on the road particularly beck first game on the road that, that's a tough environment and that crowd's going to play as hard as they can. I remember two years ago, we went down there and they had a 14-play drive on us against the, probably the best defense we ever had. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're capable, but uh, unless they trade for some players this week, they look kind of inept against uh, A&M as far as some of the things they did. But, you know, they got a good running back and 
if I'm them, I assess my situation and maybe try to hand it to him and shorten the game and keep George off the field. What do you expect from a Hugh Freeze offense? I mean, I remember when he was coaching Ole Miss, George went down there in Kirby's first year. Again, Kirby didn't have the players, and it didn't go the way Kirby wanted it to. Um, but now it kind of feels like the shoe's on the other foot. He doesn't quite have the players, but, you know, Georgia does. Um, he's hosted Georgia again, but I, I don't see it going like that Ole Miss game did. But what is the hallmark of a Hugh Freeze offense? He was talking about how he kind of – introduced RPOs into the league and used them with tempo a lot. Uh, but he says he needs to do more of that. I don't think they did any last week. Um, what, what are you expecting from their offense besides just, yeah, hey, we got to run it back, but we don't have much of a passing game. Here's what we're going to do. Well, you pretty much analyzed it. That was a good <laughs> question. Uh, you, I mean, I watched the press conference too. I mean, he, he seems to be in a real paradox there about he's turned the reins over of his offense. He's always been – play caller and uh, now he's the CEO of that empire there at Auburn and he's not calling the offense but it looked like he was a little disappointed in what they're the way they did things not using any RPOs like he likes and uh, the thing that happens when you do use them is your quarterback's going to get beat up a little bit because of the pressure he gets hit so much more but I don't know that uh, they'll change a whole lot but uh, Philip Montgomery is the offensive coordinator. He's got a background of Baylor. He was there at Baylor when uh, RG3 was playing for Art Browse. And, you know, their whole concept is kind of like Tennessee, where Tennessee got most of their stuff from Baylor. Wide splits, uh, try to create one-on-ones. And uh, by that, I mean wide splits with the receivers. And uh, quarterback had a good year for uh, – Michigan State two years ago, they were 11 and one, but he's just having a hard time accuracy wise. And uh, as far as what I expect, I, I think they'll uh, sell the ranch and try to run some trick plays and do some things to try to get some scores. Uh, defensively, they've been terrible against the run. I mean, they're second to uh, Vanderbilt in the league as far as rushing yardage given up. So uh, I'm sure they're going to have to do something to stop our run too. So I don't know what it'll be, but they'll, they got some sophisticated stuff they like to do. The, the defensive coordinator was with Dave Aranda, who we remember was at LSU, and now the Baylor coach, Ron Roberts, is a D coordinator. And uh, they like to show you different looks and then bail out and come with pressure from the other side to try to confuse you. So uh, we'll see, but uh, we definitely – 15 and three, the last 18 games against Auburn is pretty dang good. Coach, do you know where Philip Montgomery played quarterback from 90 to 93? Which college? Uh, give me a hint. What league? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Uh, it's it's Tarleton State. It's Tarleton State. Tarleton State? That's correct, right? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Tarleton, Tarleton State. State. I don't know what league that is. I, should, I couldn't find that out. <laughs> it's in Texas. Uh, Lone Star Conference. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's good. Uh, without Javon Bullard, who missed the last two games, uh, this is the Auburn team likes to run the ball a lot. Man, he's, I, I think he's just great against the run. But what have you seen from Georgia safeties? I know that uh, Dan Jackson had quite the game. I think he led the team in tackles, or at least was tied for the team lead in tackles. We've seen Janelle Aguero back there. You've seen uh, David Daniel back there. Um, how do you feel that the 
fill-ins for Javon Bullard have performed through two games. It looked like they made some significant improvement from uh, the week before. Yeah. Uh, some maybe running less coverages and just making sh- sure that they didn't uh, get caught in a lot of man situations. It looked like to me more zone with the safeties back there. And uh, Jackson played a lot more than Daniels did this last game. And Aguero uh, getting some extra licks in there is good too because it keeps uh, Tyke uh, Smith fresh and helps develop some depth. But, you know, Tyke's got three straight games now with an interception, which is awesome. Uh, but but overall, I would say, uh, you know, UAB did a couple of nice series when they got field position off of turnovers and, uh, you know, ran a guy out of the backfield uh, across the formation, did some things to distress us. But I, I think overall, uh, Jackson is a very competent player. He's not the player Bullard is, but uh, I think our coaches really adjusted a little bit and, and said, hey, we're going to make them uh, go the long way and we're not going to play a lot of man with, with, our, with our safeties. I asked Kirby this yesterday about uh, Dylan Fairchild getting his uh, start at left guard and Xavier Trust moving out to right tackle, like, you know, how they finished the game against South Carolina. They stuck with that. Uh, I thought that Georgia had a pretty good run game, and uh, I don't remember a whole lot of sacks on the quarterback. So, again, it's UAB. It's not uh, Auburn. Auburn's got some athletes. How do you think this OO line holds up against a team that's uh, not very good at stopping the run? Is Georgia just – did Georgia shorten the game and just try to pound it on them? Yeah, we just uh, had one sack that looked like it held the ball a little bit long, but uh, not many lost yardage plays. We did have uh, a couple behind-the-line plays where they could have been ugly, where our receivers or tight ends missed the perimeter blocks on screens. But, you know, you, you, you're always going to have uh, some plays where you don't execute. I mean – it's hard to grade over 70% in a football game. That's seven out of 10, but, uh, you know, that's usually a winning performance if you're over 70. But the things you look for as a coach, mental errors, doesn't look like we're having a lot of mental errors. Lost yardage plays, very few lost yardage plays. Penalties, most of our penalties have come with the uh, second and third team. So those three areas, we look pretty fluid to me. As far as the tempo, we came out with a little more uh, no huddle the other night to try to discombobulate uh, the uh, the UAB Blazers. I did think that maybe they threw Eddie Gordon, our O-line coach, that's with them. I thought they had a little beat on our cadence in the first half and were timing up their stunts and, their, and getting beating us off the ball a little bit. We we changed that up and used some different counts and they didn't get quite as much uh, penetration, but, you know, just looking at it from a coaching perspective, uh, our team looks uh, like they know what they're doing to me. I mean, you get the confident feeling. I know a recruits father talked to me about he's been to other places and watched teams and everything. And he was just really impressed with the way Georgia uh, executed. And I mean, that's from a guy that doesn't see us every week and had no reason to tell me that. And he's not necessarily Newt Rockney or anybody, but I thought that was a good, good uh, compliment. And he did say the other thing is that he's been to 
numerous places around the country, Pac-12, Big Ten, uh, SEC. He said nobody's even in Georgia's area code as far as the organization on a game day with all the players that are there. He said he felt like he was the only recruit there. So that's pretty impressive to me. Very impressive. Uh, Auburn's expecting a ton of recruits in there, uh, including Nykar, who just decommitted from Georgia. He'll, he should be there to watch uh, Auburn and uh, Georgia go head-to-head. They're going to have a lot. Well, by the ATM machine on the way in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just – it's, it's a good line, though. That's, That's a good line. That's a real good point there because you've got, to, you've got to assume that some of these guys coming are Georgia – guys that just want to see Georgia play, but at the same yeah. time, that was going to be my point. You might be able to flip somebody around and uh, they got great facilities and uh, they got a war chest over there. Now they're, they're, uh, they've always had one, but now it's legal. Uh, they, they're working, <laughs> they're working that war chest. <laughs> Can I yeah, rename you that nice cabin now? It's all good. I yeah. will rename this uh, episode. Now it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, my point was going to be that uh, uh, you have a ton of recruits there that uh, Georgia will be able to – Auburn will have a lot of talented recruits that Auburn is recruiting. Georgia is often targeting the same guys. So a strong performance on the road in front of those recruits, even though you had a great recruiting weekend here against UAB, even though you go on the road, hell, there'd be a lot of kids there that you're trying to get. And you're like, hey, this is this is what it's like when we travel here. If we win this game – you, you could be a part of this. And you see where we're thin because Kirby and uh, uh, Todd Hartley and uh, Dale McGee and Stacey Searles and uh, Uzo Dariby, they'll all be on the phone, you know, Saturday night saying, yeah, see, we, we, we didn't get sacks. We need you as a defensive end. Hey, we didn't have a you know 200-yard receiver. We need you as a wide receiver. I can see Georgia using that to their advantage. But I wanted to get Dane's thought on what is the fan base in Auburn like right now? I know you have a lot of contacts in that area. You understand it. How has the uh, reception been for Hugh Freeze and how he's faring so far? He was asked about people's expectations and their, you know, patience or impatience yesterday. And he gave a, I thought it was a decent answer. He's like, look, I can't control people's patience or impatience, you know, but uh, what is the, I, I expect the fans to be nuts because if anything, they can at least, it's Georgia, it's their Super Bowl, it's one of their most heated rivalries, but they're also going to show their recruits what a game could be like at 3.30 on CBS. So, uh, but what is the – I don't say what the performative fan base is, but what's what's the fan base uh, thoughts right now? Well, if I say something you disagree with, just say I don't know if that's accurate. That tends to be <laughs> the, the Hugh Freeze play after not knowing that Kirby Smart got Georgia to a title game in the second year. I think there's patience right now with Auburn. That's you know, way thin, but that roster was in such bad shape after Brian Horson left there. You know, historically, this is a game that I would be worried about for Georgia because most years that I've watched Auburn in my life, they've had two or three really good defensive linemen, and especially with the clock rules, that would just change how this goes. There's not a Carl Lawson out there. There's not a Montrevious Adams. Like There are holes all over this roster, and if you watch them play against Texas A&M, at quarterback in particular, it is a mess, and that's the thing that freeze and philip montgomery that's supposed to be their specialty i I think that they're going to be right back in the portal next year trying to find the next 
quarterback potential unless maybe Garen or the, from the Savannah area, maybe he, he pops up and does something there. Overall, I think Auburn looks at it and says, this team's not going to compete this year. It likely, you know, hope you get to a bowl game, but th- this team's not going to compete with Georgia. It shouldn't compete with an Alabama for some weird Iron Bowl voodoo. Uh, weird things do happen at Auburn in that stadium, but, but they're stacked against it right now with the talent on the roster. Here's the thing that's really got to be gnawing at uh, Auburn a little bit. Bo Nix in the Heisman. I mean, he's in the Heisman mix. I mean, any way you look at it, having a heck of a last year and this year out at Oregon. T.J. Finley, a guy that was there last year, is killing it at Texas State. I mean, he is wearing it out as far as the numbers that he's putting up. And then Zach Calzada, who transferred from uh, Texas A&M, and then there is at Texas State. I mean, not Texas State. He's at Car- Immaculate Carnate or someplace like that out there, and he's putting up unbelievable numbers. So three quarterbacks that were at Auburn are jacking it up. So uh, that's got to make them feel a little add fuel to the fire there. But uh, just for – did you know all that, Roddy? I did not. But as you're going down the list, I'm like – A.D. Mitchell at Texas, Jermaine Burton at Alabama. Well, that's true, too. I knew Finley was at Texas State. I didn't know Calzada was at Incarnate Word. Honestly, I completely forgot about Calzada. That's on me. What what do you think of their – Those three could do more than what they got right now. Yeah, well, that's going to be my next question is, what do you think of their quarterbacks? I mean, they have – I don't call it musical chairs because that's just a a god-awful cliche, but they seem to have – what, like three different quarterbacks, each can do one thing really well, but you can't get them all in one package. Yeah, I always liked Robbie Ashford uh, athletically. I mean, he came up here last year and jumped around pretty good. You know, he was running for his life yeah. the whole game, but uh, he, he can make things happen with his legs. I mean, he, he put them in a position there at the end of the year when they got a couple big wins with uh, some big runs, and he can throw adequately. Uh, I mean, he, he's had some uh, – good games in the Big Ten, but, uh, you know, I think the protection is hurting them. And then I know Mike Bobo was high when he recruited uh, this kid from down at uh, Savannah, the, the other kid. But uh, I know, you know, he's just a young young guy that hadn't gotten in there. I'm not too quick to just step on them and say they, they're not that great. I just think the supporting cast is so – they don't have the, the big-time receiver to make things happen after the catch. And they, they haven't, you know, they got some, you know, Fromm's a tight end that's okay. Uh, they had some open receivers against A&M. But, uh, you know, I think this Jacquez Hunter or whatever his name is, good solid back. And uh, they got to feed him and hope that he can make some yards for him. But uh, my biggest deal here, man, is I can't sit here and and give them a lot of love based on what I've seen. But they all three are – scholarship quarterbacks they got potential no that's very fair uh speaking of potential i want to give you a potential idea that you need to take care of in your life if you want to move on to something better than just uh you know hitting a punching in on the clock or working for somebody else or being in part of the corporate rat race i want you to reach out to my perfect franchise and andy ludecki now i spoke with andy this past week and he was telling me about some of the uh, georgia bulldogs fans people at uga sports who have uh, been very successful in opening up new franchises. They're in new businesses, and they're doing really well. 
and I asked him, I said, what's, what's really good in the franchise world right now? And he said, the one thing that we found through COVID and we found through recession and we found through uh, uh, any sort of downturn in the economy, it's basically the services, anything in the house from ceiling to floor, roofs to flooring to window treatments to uh, blinds to uh, new windows, new doors. Uh, it's not exactly sexy, but it is a huge money makers because people are, especially right now with interest rates, a lot of people aren't selling their house. They're just renovating their house and they need they need flooring. They need new roofs. They need uh, uh, they want new windows and stuff like that. Um, and on the brick and mortar side, you know, there are certain st- certain places uh, that really work. Um, like he's talking about like the milkshake factory that is doing so, such great business. In other words, he's got all these different ideas that he's seen Georgia people, you know, people who are Georgia fans who were in a different business, start a new industry, start in a new industry and have ridiculous amounts of sales per month, per year. And it's been very successful. So reach out to Andy Ludecki and myperfectfranchise.net and you'll be very, very happy. Also want to mention our, one of our most important sponsors. And that's of course, uh, Athens Ford. They have some fantastic vehicles out there, uh, over 600 vehicles on the lot. They have new ones out there, like the yeah, uh, new, new vehicles with new specials. So if you want to get a 2023 Ford F-150, I guess we're getting close to the 2024s coming out, but uh, $7,000 off. Can't beat that. If you want the 2023 Ford Mustang Mach-E, the, uh, uh, the premium, uh, you can get that as low as $459 a month for 30 months, uh, uh, $3,000 to a signing. For qualified buyers so check out our friends at athens ford if you need any service done uh, that is a great place to go and have work done and it doesn't have to be a ford car it can be any car swing out to athens ford and check out their service bay you'll be very glad that you did roddy i pulled a couple of stats just since we're a third of the way through the regular season it's been a okay. pretty quick month in that aspect so let's play a little trivia here and then i'll, I'll talk some carson back quickly after it which georgia player roddy has the longest rush of the season Longest rush. Ooh. I'm going to go uh, Cash Jones. It's Kendall Milton with a 37-yard rush. I see. I should have gone Kendall. That was my first, was the first game. Like, no, this, hey, he wouldn't be that easy. I figured you are trying to trick me. Which Georgia receiver has the most average yards per catch? Are we talking yards after the catch as well? I'm just the way that it's listed in the stat sheet. So total catch will include that yards per catch. Rose me. I was going to say Robert because he had two catches. The first one like 56 yards. It was like 44 yards. 20.4 yards per catch. And coach, I I was low on Rose uh, on Rara coming into the season. You both were super high on it. So I'll take the L on that when he's playing well. And then finally, this is not really a trivia, just some Carson Beck thing. Carson Beck has been set the least of any quarterback in the SEC. He's tied with um, Texas A&M's Wegman down there. But Wegman didn't play the second half last week. Uh, one interception for Carson Beck, but if you remember, it really shouldn't have been because it was a tip ball, so it goes down as interception. Um, sixth in yards per passing attempt in the league. Sixth in quarterback rating in the SEC third and completion percentage. So those stats kind of bear out what I think we've all seen, which is he's taking really good care of the football. There are some things downfield that maybe he's not doing quite as much, but he's being really efficient and playing smart ball. That's going to win at Georgia. Yeah. I mean, your defense is going to be on the same bus too. So that helps. That's good. Coach, what do you make of the, uh, uh, 
the downfield shots that we saw this past week. I mean, they Georgia had a ton of plays that were over 15 yards. You know, if you talk about explosive plays, you know, big, hard, big pickups. Hard to hit a, a deep ball. I mean, uh, okay. it's just uh, so many things can happen. Uh, you know, if you just think about how – if you're growing up trying to catch a fly ball and as uh, as compared to a grounder, uh, it just it's just very hard depth perception wise to adjust and particularly if it if it's over the, the wrong shoulder and particularly if the quarterback has to take a step and then throw it uh, I saw last night uh, game with the Eagles that, that they had an open guy and Hertz had to double pump and then throw it in the backside guy came over and got it it just uh, the further you throw the ball down the field the harder it is to complete it and, uh, you know, you'd like to see, to me, you'd like to see maybe one out of every three on these shots because, uh, you, you know, if you're going to – you better hit one out of every three or you better be <laughs> going that many. But it's harder to hit the deeper ones, that's for sure. What's the best deep ball that quarterback Jim Donnan threw in his career? Oh, I don't know. Uh, had a 57-yard touchdown pass against – uh, Michigan State, which was big for me because they were number one in the country, but uh, I didn't throw it 57, but I threw it about 45 maybe. But uh, I don't know. I had a 90-yard touchdown pass one time, but I threw the ball about four yards, and the guy ran 86. <laughs> that was, that's how uh, – I'm not banging on Carson, but I'm looking at the numbers to Brock Bowers. You mentioned just give it to 19. What was it, 121 yards? 110 of them came uh, after his catch. I'm like, man, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, Brent on film don't lie. Came, he found the PFF stat of uh, last year. The average depth of target for Brock Bowers was eight to nine yards. This year, it's closer to four. And so they're getting the ball to him closer to the line of scrimmage and letting him do things. And he breaks tackles left and right. He threw a man away this past week. I mean, just threw him out of bounds like, you know, he was a, a, a six-year-old. And I was like, you can't do that to another human being. And yeah, yeah, there's another thing that's going to happen that's going to help Brock, too, is, you know, we've been real careful about running 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, because uh, we only have two as far as, you know, guys playing. She has come in there and done some good things, but all of a sudden, lucky I think we'll be back this week. Uh, Lawson Lucky, freshman, really looked good in the spring, fall camp. Now it, it's a lot easier to call those 12 formations. And with that, you'll see the advent of maybe a little bit better power runs. One of the backside tight ends blocking the backside or going in motion and kicking out. I just see an, uh, an involvement of, of a little bit better running game and the screens as well because you saw Washington last year sealing the edge so uh that's a little behind the scenes comment that i think will enhance our offense having that extra depth at tight end and there's a there been some questions about you know will uh lad mcconkey be back this week and kirby said something very interesting yesterday he said we expect him back at practice it was like you know hey kirby when, when are you getting him back he's like well, look he's got to practice first folks we we've taken basically taking him out of the rotation for two weeks to let him rest and they hope to get him back this week I don't know if he if he practices this week. If and if he does practice, we don't know that he'd be game ready or game in that game condition. But what you say about Lawson Lucky to me is intriguing because that's the guy that had the tightrope surgery. You know, we're like, oh man, he's out for a while. 
now they have a Marius Mims getting a tightrope surgery and being able to get him back that quick. This tightrope surgery is phenomenal. What's happened with Lawson is the last, say, two weeks, he's been out there building up his strength, doing things that uh, listening to Kirby talk about it and talking to Todd Hartley about it. He's been getting back in play and shape where he can adjust to the ball, come off the ball and block people, have strength in his ankle. Same thing true with Ladd. Uh, you know, even though you're a receiver and you're saying, well, you know, it's, it's not that hard to come back and play. Uh, you know, from his standpoint, I think that's what uh, kept him from playing. I'm not being a doctor here, but he tried to practice maybe when he couldn't maybe go two or three weeks ago and just made it worse. And so they gave him complete rest with it. Now they're hoping that he can build up back where he was along with the rest. So you, you made a good point there, Roddy. But the thing that he gives you is the, the ability to uh, run multiple formations where he can line up more than one spot and the defense can't figure it out. It gives you a chance to maybe get Bowers one-on-one more because they got to worry about him. They know what he can do deep. You think about all the deep balls. He, and he's such a threat on the reverses and the jet sweeps. I love it. Uh, so we don't know, folks, and uh, uh, we can kill a lot of questions here. We don't know if he's going to be back or not. But, again, we mentioned in the beginning, you just have to win with who you got. So um, I think that uh, getting Lawson back could be huge. Uh, getting Lab would be gigantic. But to me, the, the biggest one to get back would be Javon Bullard. And that's where my fingers are crossed. I, think that, I just think the secondary looks – it's like Jalen Carter when he was out last year. The defensive line looked completely different when he was in. To me, the secondary is good, but with Javon Bullard back there, and maybe that's me putting too much uh, faith in one man, but I just think they they look completely different, Coach. Well, he's the quarterback of your of your back seven there. I mean, even though the linebackers make the calls, he's back there, and he, he gives you the ability to uh, disguise your coverages. It's hard. You know, when I used to coach quarterbacks talking about uh, they're going to disguise their coverage and do all that. But when it gets tight in the game and you're thinking about covering somebody, you're not near as worried about disguising what you're going to do as you are as executing it. So yeah. estimate the defensive intent. But he gives you a chance to walk into some coverages, line up in, in a 3 one look, and then go back to a two-deep or whatever he might do to, to confuse the, the, the defensive uh, – I mean, the offensive play caller and the quarterback. But because, as I mentioned in the get-go here, I think our defensive coaches streamlined what we were doing with the secondary to make sure that the other team had to out-execute us and not maybe give those deep routes to like we did to Leggett and that number 19 for South Carolina and all that because of the pressure package we, we were running. So it's just uh, – it's, it's like having uh, – it's a very, it's it's a very big plus to have a guy that's been doing this, this complicated system in his fourth year, and he knows how to do it. I mean, he just, and you add him back there with Malachi, and not many teams anywhere got two safeties like that. Yeah, and uh, not many teams have the cornerbacks that Georgia has either. I thought that um, I know they teams went after Dale Everett a little bit, but that's because you got Kamari Laster on the other side and Tyke Smith, as you said, you know, playing that nickel spot or star spot with three interceptions in three games. 
And he leads the team in tackles, like he does. Yeah. But that, here's the thing about Everett. I mean, they're, they're going to complete some passes on them. I mean, you watch these all, all pro guys, I mean, uh, up there in the, in the league. Uh, I, I, you know, you got guys like Devontae Smith running routes on you. I mean, come on. No, it wasn't a criticism at all. I'm just saying that that guy's – I think he's been played better than a lot of people have given him credit for. No, but. you're right. That's what I'm saying too. Yeah. And if he throw a perfect pass on a on a back shoulder fade, okay, you know, yeah, it's hard, hard to cover it. But, you know, you got to run the right technique too. But uh, See, this is why I like having you on because, like I said, I, I know there's something different when Buller's not out there and you come in and say, well, here's why. So now I feel enlightened and everybody else should be as well. Well, I don't know about that, but I do know. <laughs> I do know. I I feel really good that he should be able to play this week, uh, based on maybe could have played two weeks ago, and didn't. And then last week they said, "Look, hey, we're not going to play him in a non-conference game." So uh, I think he should be able to go, and hopefully, Lad will too. I mean, the same theory there. Maybe Mike could have gone last week. If you got him back, get, get those two guys back and uh, Lawson Lucky. Hell yeah. Good luck, Auburn. That's be and, fun. And Michael, Michael Williams. Oh, God. I completely forgot about Michael. Well, I guess in my mind, Michael wasn't injured. He's just sick for a game. So, but yeah, not having him out there, that, that's completely different. Uh, speaking of good news, I want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company. They're, they have a new beer out, or it's their fall beer, I should say. It's not a new one. This is their. Uh, uh, Feist beer. It's a German style lager. It's Oktoberfest. You need to swing out by Academy Brew Company. Try their fall brew. Uh, it's on tap. I've had one of these. It is phenomenal. Uh, you'll absolutely love it to death. Uh, great beer to sit outside in these perfect fall days, these uh, mild weather days. Apparently it's going to be hot this Saturday. So if you're not going to Auburn and you don't want to go down and sit in that 87 degree weather in, the, in that uh, nasty, I say nasty stadium, Loud stadium that is not uh, a good You're place. You're about to get the bunker on you, my friend. Like, don't don't upset the bunker. I, that I way. mean, it's a it's a beautiful stadium, but if you were a Georgia fan in there, it is loud and they are in your face, just like if somebody could visit Sanford. You know, um, I've covered many many game there. I guess fifteen times have been the it's, it's been many many times, uh, but. If you want, if you're not going to that, swing by uh, Academia, watch the game there. Try their uh, wild mushroom flatbread. Uh, it is a great flatbread. This is one of my wife's favorites. So we go there and we you know, try different things. She almost always goes back to the wild mushroom flatbread. So um, I like the pepperoni flatbread. I like the sandwiches. And their fall drink schedule, I mean, their fall drinks uh, menu is in, uh, in effect now. So try their fall drinks menu because it's fall now. So uh, try when you get a chance. I also want to mention Dead Soxie. Uh, I can't say enough about the folks at Dead Soxy because they do they make a wonderful product, and that's why they've been so successful. And we had a bunch of people do this score sale where uh, you were getting 40% off, and we had people buying 14 pairs of socks, and they're giving away as gifts, and they're getting ready for Christmas. You need to swing by DeadSoxy.com. Check out all the Georgia socks, the red and black, the uh, stripes, the no-shows, the business socks. You know, if, if, let's say you don't want to wear a red or, uh, you know, uh, pattern socks because you have to go, you know, you got a very busy work uh, or a, a very a work attire that you're trying to match up. Swing by Dead Socks and get their business uh, socks. You'll be happy you did. And use promo code UGA Sports to get 25% off. All right. Hey, you, uh, need, you need to do that because that old Miss socks has gone down now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, time for questions from UGASports.com. From Dog AXE, how much of Auburn's season is on Brian Harson and how much is on Hugh Freeze? Well, I mean, there's nothing you can say about the ex-coach. I mean, it's your team, how they play, what they do. I mean, certainly he didn't leave the cupboard very, uh, you know, full, that's for sure. But uh, I would say – they got to win against Cal. I don't know if Brian Harson's team could have beaten Cal out there like that. But, um, you know, realistically, you, you can't really bag on the ex-coach. I mean, it, it, it's your team. Let's see what happens. From Dog418, what would have to happen to get Kirby Smart to publicly call for a blackout game against Kentucky at night? Uh, you know, I mean – I mean, I don't think that that's something that enters anybody's mind except people that are bringing it up. Uh, Kirby's very traditional about the uniforms and everything. We did wear black jerseys against somebody one time, uh, and we wore red pants against Arkansas. But uh, I don't know what it would take. Uh, You want me to ask him? (laughs) Yeah, give him a call real fast and see if we can get a live answer. (laughs) Give him on the phone. I know you got his number. Uh, I've been good. How much does pumping in music, band, crowd noise actually simulate and prepare a team for visiting the hostile away stadiums? It's good. I mean, it's so much better than just thinking you're going to be able to do it with, you know, practicing without it. And uh, I've always thought it's a real good idea. And you got different ways to uh, work it, you know, as far as using the clap or using the silent count. You know, a lot of teams, if you watch them, particularly in the pros, the, one of the guards right before the snap will hit the center on the butt or on the leg to let him know to snap it, and they'll snap it right after he touches him. And uh, so you've got the quarterback can raise his leg for the silent count or quarterback can clap his hands twice or once or whatever, and or you can do the traditional try to call it out with the voice. But uh, – You've got to be able to handle crowd noise. I mean, look at all the teams that have come in here and just been terrible with it, you know, as far as jumping and everything and jumping against our stem when our defense moves. So it definitely helps. I mean, there's no question about it. But the only thing's bad about it is listening to some of those songs over and over. I mean, when we played Tennessee, uh, I mean, everybody in the whole neighborhood over there has heard Rocky Top so much. It's ridiculous. But uh, – it's a tough, tough on the environment around the practice area, but it's good for the players. It was funny to watch a, a bunch of journalists yesterday thought they'd caught uh, one, you know, Kirby preparing for Auburn last week instead of UAB because one of the, I think it was Jamon Dumas Johnson said that they broke the speakers, you know, because they had they were last week they were working on you know being in a uh, loud stadium so much so that the speakers broke and they had to bring in new ones. And uh, they're like, oh, he was preparing for Auburn last week? You know, everyone thought they had some scoop. And they're like, no, we do this all the time. Yeah, the reason he does it for home games is because our defense has got to react to that crowd noise too. I mean, you got to make your calls, even though everybody's yelling and trying to get the offense all side. Defense needs to be able to communicate into that noise too. Right, and that's what he said is like, you find out what your guys know when they can't hear the coaches yelling when they can't hear the coaches correcting him. And so they go out there and it's uh, it's like, it's a good way to test them. And it's the same thing we saw uh, 
uh, we were up there from the first days of fall camp and Kirby's just lighting into somebody saying, those balls aren't wet enough. It's a hot day, but he's making them throw wet balls. You know, it's like, look, we got to practice for rain games. You know, so it's uh, the man's not going to leave any stone unturned. And uh, to go to go back one question about the, the black jerseys. I don't see Kirby changing stuff. I mean, it, I'm not saying he's superstitious, but when they're on a streak, he's not going to change anything. He didn't change anything. We put in Jake from he's not going to change anything when he uh, he's on a like coach just a 38 and one streak. He's I don't see it changing. Coach, well, I know you don't care for exchange. Stetson Bennett in there. <laughs> I know you don't care for Rocky Top, the Tennessee version. Do you like the Osborne Brothers version, the actual song? I I don't remember hearing it that much, but uh, I do remember the two guys in prison getting ready to get executed, and the warden said, "I'll give you one last request." And one guy was from Tennessee, and one guy was from Georgia, and the guy from Tennessee says, I want to hear Rocky Top one more time. And the guy from Georgia said, kill me first. <laughs> uh, from, from Gibbs Dog 15, is the travel roster still 70 players? Can Auburn dress more than good 70 question, since they're the home team? question that I found out last week that uh, I meant to mention that, but I'm glad he asked that. It, it used to be that because of the uh, the league edict was 70 for the visiting team and 80 that you could list as dressing on your uh, primary people for the home team, but you could dress out more than 80, but only 80 could play is they've added that increased that to 74 now. So we got 74 can make the trip as compared to 70. So uh, that's, that's a big help. And then home team gets uh, how many that can dress? 80. Okay. So what's your thought on the difference of just the number of players? They can dress 100 if they wanted to, but you gotta dis- you got to distinguish who the 80 are. Is there an advantage to having six more in that case, I suppose? Yeah, it's an advantage. I mean, it's a stupid rule. I mean, you take they take 95,000 administrators and all that on trips, and which I think it's okay, but – it's supposed to be a cost-saving factor, but I think you, I think you should be able to take as many players as you want to. Each school gets what forty-five million dollars a year from their TV network. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous when you see some of the people on a trip. Oh yeah, uh, and it's it, it's certainly they're deserving. Don't get me wrong, but I'd whole lot rather see a third-team kicker on a trip than than somebody that you know, occasionally he's over at the football office. From Billy Zane, it says, George has been pretty good on offense, just a little inconsistent from drive to drive. I'm not seeing specific deficiencies, just a lot of plays where there's one mistake or a breakdown from one person, could be a drop, miss block, whatever. Do you agree or disagree, or is there anything that you can do to coach this other than just practice, practice, practice? Yeah, he's right on. I mean, the thing about it, you got 11 chances to succeed or fail on every play. Everybody's got to a role and the difference on offense and defense is a guy can fall down on defense and, and the other team not see it. And you run a play and the guy breaks through and tackles the guy for a loss. That's a great defensive play. So uh, you just got point of attack is so critical on an offensive play, securing the, the running lane and also backside pursuit making sure that somebody – you can't block everybody. So 
making sure you take care of that with a fake or somebody chipping off on them. And then route running, staying in your lanes, you run a high, low, a short and a deep or a flat and an out. You, you've got to run the pr proper uh, distance on your routes and uh, just a, a lot of execution involved in, uh, in, in a, an offensive play. The difference is the offense has the ball and you see that and you've got to be able to distribute it. And, uh, but certainly the teams that are rolling are the ones that consistently don't beat themselves with a mental error or execution mistake. And then you, then it's up to you to out execute the defense. That's a great point. I want to add something real quick. I was watching, there's a video that one of our guys tweeted out or somebody tweeted out of uh, Georgia getting uh, the strip sack in versus Auburn in the SEC championship game. You know, Auburn's driving the field. Davin Bellamy gets a strip sack. They have, Auburn has a receiver go in motion. Georgia rotates its coverage to, to uh, account for it. And then all of a sudden, the cornerback uh, and the safety are talking about who's going to cover that, I guess, the uh, X receiver on the left side. And he, nobody does. He runs off towards the end zone. He's got a perfect uh, corner route, un, looks unguarded. But all of a sudden, the quarterback is uh, sacked and the ball goes to the ground and is stripped. And it's like, I mean, that could have been a touchdown and Auburn could have been up 14 nothing. but turns out Georgia gets the ball and the route is on. It's uh, one little example there. We, I'd never, I'd never saw that happen until I was watching the film today, years later, like, man, they had a good call in there and they had Georgia all out of whack, but one guy on defense destroyed the whole thing. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, the, the opposite is kind of true too, coach. We saw this past game where UAB had a play fake the wrong way. The whole backfield was going the wrong way. Quarterback gets a first down because Georgia was responding to that. So it made me wonder, like, would you ever design a play that just looks like it's off because you're trusting the defense to actually be, be disciplined? Yeah. I mean, you know, you got certain plays that, different kind of bootlegs and different kind of uh, play action where you account for people. And then, then you got some plays that are just completely based on tricking the defense that, you know, nothing wrong with the way I call it. We used to call them naked plays because you're, you're out there without anything and uh, you don't have anybody protecting, but you block it to look exactly like the play itself and then run some kind of fake or keep off of that where, you're counting on the defense to react to it and then out-execute them. Like, for instance, we used to run the counter pass where we'd fake and then counter pass and in the backfield and pull the backside guard to block the end. If the end came down, he would kick him out. I mean, if he came up the field, we would kick him out and set up. But if he came inside, we would log him and get on the corner. And that, that's a counter pass. But we also used to call the counter pass with both the guard and tackle blocking the counter this way and then not pulling the guard and base it on the fact that the defense is going to react to that key that when the guard and tackle pull, you always hand the ball off. But now you're running the naked off of it. So two oh, wow. different ways to run the counter. I love it. From Big Fatty 94, four games in so far, who did you expect to step up who hasn't and who stepped up that maybe you didn't expect to? And Big Fatty says just has a gut feeling that the offense is about to blast off. Well, I like, like your style there, Big Fatty, because you always hope that you can 
blast off. That'd be good. Uh, as far as anybody that hasn't uh, played up to what I thought they would, I, I don't know. I, I was counting on Milton, you know, and, and there's nothing that he can do about it. He's hurt. Uh, you know, he had the hamstring, now the MCL, but I was looking for a big year out of him and uh, hadn't seen that. And then McConkie, of course, we haven't seen him play at all. So I would say those two guys on offense and then defensively, uh, just the fact that that we haven't seen as much of of uh, Munden as we thought we would because of his injury, but now he's starting to resurface a little bit. And with that, Sori and Walker have gotten the reps and look good along with C.J. Allen. We developed some good linebacker depth. But uh, uh, I think those two guys on offense more than anything, just the fact that they haven't been able to play. And the ones we didn't expect, I think we'd all say Makai Muse to be the – I mean, I know oh, we I forgot good. about somebody we didn't expect. Uh, I, I would say uh, Muse for sure and then uh, maybe uh, – Bell playing running back. I, I would add C, like C.J. Allen on defense. Wasn't expecting that. Hell, C.J. Smith on offense. Wasn't expecting that. So, I think guys. we need to give a shout-out to Ernest Green, too, because he, he's played solid as at left tackle, and that's hard to do coming into a new position. Yeah. But, but I would say he definitely has, but based on what I'd seen in practice and what he – I'm not surprised. I mean, the guy's – full-grown man as a young pup. And if Blasky gets back healthy, I think you could see him, depending how long Mims is out, you could see him get back involved up there. Yeah, he, you know, you got Blasky and, and Fairchild fight for be the fifth lineman, that's for sure, and then Trust would swing accordingly. But Green Green is a S-T-A-L-L-I-O-N. <laughs> Uh, we should probably out. sneak in our last break, Roddy. Yeah, um, I'm going to mention our friends at Your Pie because it's Tuesday. Uh, it's about 12.54. Uh, you've probably missed lunch or, uh, or you're like me, you're going to eat after the show. If you go to Your Pie right now, use the Your Pie app and you order a pizza, you order uh, red sticks, you order salad, uh, pasta, gelato, drinks, whatever, uh, brownies. They have double points on Tuesday. So go ahead and get your double points. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing. If you plan on eating it there, that's okay. Go ahead and order it through the app. Get the double points. Get the extra rewards. And just say, hey, I'm going to pick it up uh, in the store. And then it'll be ready for you when you get there. And you walk over and uh, eat it in the store. And then you know work out really well. Or if you're like, hey, we're not doing pizza today. We're, we're doing it on Thursday. Today's Taco Tuesday. You know, pizza Thursday or pizza Friday. Well, you can order it now and tell them that's when you want it to pick up or deliver. And you do it on Tuesday and you go ahead and get your double points. And so reach out to uh, any of the your pies near you. I know there's one in Dahlonega. I saw my son go by there. There's one in LaGrange. There's 70 locations. They're all over the bloody place. So hit up your pie when you get the chance. I also want to mention our friends at uh, uh, Better Life Science. Okay, Better Life Science is a new company for us. Uh, we've talked about them on the Watch Along show. And it's, uh, their website is mybls.com, mybetterlifescience.com. And basically, it's kind of like a 23andMe thing. You get the uh, little, you go to mybls.com, you order a test kit. The test kit comes to your house. It's registered. You do a little uh, a prick on the shoulder, on the arm or on your finger, and you send them back a sample. And from that, they measure you for sensitivities to about almost 300 different things, be it uh, allergens, uh, foods, uh, 
uh, stuff, you know, household products, all sorts of things to find out if you're allergic to something or if you're sensitive to it. So if you've got kids, this is a great idea. If you're taking care of older uh, family members, this is a great idea. If you want to know about yourself, it's a good idea. So reach out to mybls.com. That is a company run by Josh or run in partnership with Josh Millar, the former Georgia football player, and the folks who are the uh, main uh, uh, investors and the main uh, CEO and all that stuff. They are huge Georgia fans. Without them, I guarantee you that uh, Georgia would not be as good because they they donate a lot of money. So. But they, they, they have a great product. So reach out to mybls.com. All right. Let's back in the last three minutes with as many questions as we can from Savannah Doggett. Are you surprised that Kirby didn't try to have Woodring kick a field goal last week? I'm concerned with him now that we're getting into SEC play. Yeah, I think that that would have been an opportunity. But at the same time, you're trying to build some uh, situational stuff with your offense against a, maybe a lesser foe to, to see how you react to it. And we didn't uh, – had a little bit off kilter on the pass. I think a little bit more interested in the offense than he was the kicker at that point. But you could have, it had been a good chance to see him. But he had to do well all week because they had a, a complete tryout all week for kicking circle against him. And uh, I think the fact that he withstood that pressure and he deserved it. Lump Dog has a question for Roddy. You predicted 15 and 0 for the season and a three peat. Do you still believe that? Why or why not? Uh, right now, I don't. I'm, I, I, I can see them dropping one somewhere just because of the injuries. So when I made that prediction, we, you didn't have five uh, all SEC players out. So now you get them all back and healthy, yeah, then they should go through the uh, regular season undefeated. Uh, I don't see anybody in the West that Georgia can't beat. Uh, I haven't seen anybody in the playoffs Georgia can't beat. But, again, that's healthy. But if you're going to play the whole season without Ladd or Javon Bullard or uh, – Marius Mims or Kendall Milton, well, that, that changes the calculus completely. And Coach Lump Dog asks uh, for you, when the ball's on the air, you've talked about that for the secondary, is that more of a lack of pressure from the front seven uh, or the front four, whatever it may end up being, uh, that allows receivers to roam, or is it just tough to, to play one-on-one out there? Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you hope, you hope that you're going to affect the quarterback, but if you don't, then uh, the, the receiver knows where he's going. And we don't know a lot of times what the coverage is. I mean, they might be playing a loose cover three, which is saying, hey, if they want to throw in front of us, we'll let them if they can throw and catch it. But a lot of that's down in distance too. So you just don't know what the – I have seen our team play a lot more off coverage this year than they have in the past. You don't see our guys up there challenging them, uh, playing one-on-one bump and run near as much uh, to this point. But we could see that. With Bullard back, when he gets back, then you know you got that safety behind you to help you out. That's going to wrap. That's what we have time for. Uh, we'll pick up some of these next week as well because I think some apply week over week. Okay. Uh, folks, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, be sure to join us next Tuesday at noon. We will have another show. We'll be uh, recapping Georgia versus Auburn and looking ahead as we normally do. Uh, when Dane puts the call for questions into the chat. And, oh, God, we, uh, we got one from uh, Harrison I forgot to mention. So we, we'll get his next week. Uh, uh, be sure to answer, uh, get your questions in early, and we will try to start answering questions earlier in the show. So we will see you next week. Take care.